Hi, I'm John Narrell, and welcome to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your career and overwhelmed by what steps to take, I can help you. As an executive and career transition coach, I help my clients prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do to show up and find a job they love or love the job they have. It's time to start building your mid-career GPS. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Now, for all of you job seekers who are out there who are at that part in your mid-career GPS where you are promoting who you are and what you do, chances are you are either currently interviewing You have been on interviews, but have not been selected as the candidate, or you are preparing and positioning yourself to get ready to interview for jobs. And you are listening to this podcast today because you are curious to hear my interview tips and best practices. Now, in episode 24, I outlined what the typical interview process is like and things that you should know as you are moving into this part of your application process and your career transition. What I'm going to do for you in this episode and the next one is to go through my top 10 interview tips and best practices. I'm going to unpack for you what I have found to be most effective, both as a candidate, as a hiring manager, and now as a coach, as I very strategically position my clients in the marketplace to tell their stories from places of value and service that are going to get companies and hiring managers interested in who they are and what they do. So if you are driving pay attention to the road, stay focused. If you are not and you are in a place where you can capture some notes, this would be helpful, but you can always go back and take a look. I do chapter mark these tips in the show notes. You can jump right to them as well. So let's just go back for a second. If you are getting invited to an interview, several things have been happening for you that are working. Your resume is clearly telling your story, and you have more than likely cleared that initial stage in the applicant tracking system where somebody, a human being, either from HR or the hiring manager, has taken a look at your resume and wants to know more about you. More than likely, your LinkedIn profile is optimized in a way that it is showcasing your value and who you are and what you do. And now you're at that point where you are going to talk to somebody. Now, in that episode 24, where I walked through the interview process, I did take a moment to mention something called the one-way interview. I want you to think of that one-way interview as replacing that initial screen where you are going to be sent a link and you are going to record answers to questions, but nobody is going to be actively listening on the other side while you record them. 
can be a little daunting, can be a little nervous and stressful and talking into a camera and not having anybody there. But it is something that has gained a lot of traction over the past year. And I don't see those kind of interviews going away. We're going to talk a little bit about those in those tips as well. But whether you are doing a one-way interview or you are doing a two-way interview where you are meeting with someone live, either virtually or in person, or even if you're sitting for a panel interview where you're invited to a half-day or full-day interview, these tips are absolutely going to help you position yourself accordingly. And what I believe to really help you show up at your best in those interviews. So here are tips numbers 10 through 6 in this episode to help you be better prepared for your next interview. So tip number 10 is about matching your energy at or below that of the interviewer. Interviews can be very nerve-wracking, right? And they're nerve-wracking because you want the job. You want to be able to go in and do your best and not mess up. And so some people have a tendency to be a little more inward or cautious. They might be nervous. They might stumble over their words. Or I have seen candidates come in where their energy is so high and they're bubbly and they're so excited to be here. And it's almost as if, and if you've heard some previous episodes, you will get this reference, that they have been on a game show or that they're being on a game show and feel they need to be over the top. More than likely going into this interview, you don't really know too much about the person you're interviewing with or even anything at all. And it's why matching your energy at their level or just slightly below it keeps the tenor of the conversation in a way that is matching that of the interviewer. Because more than likely, they are the ones setting the tone for the interview. And if your energy is too much above them or too much below, it's not going to really connect or resonate with them in a way that they're going to want to get to know you a little bit more. So monitor your energy levels in the interview. It's naturally okay to be excited and enthusiastic, but don't be too over the top or don't be too low where the the interviewer doesn't think you have a pulse either, right? So match match that energy level accordingly. Tip number nine is all about doing the work to be clear about why you want the job. There is going to come a time during the interview questions and process where you are going to be asked, why do you want the job? Now, people interview for a variety of reasons. You may be currently unemployed. You may be in a work situation where you are looking to level up and you have all the information you need to know that a promotion in your current organization is not available to you. One of those reasons may be nobody's going anywhere and there's no spot for you to move to on the org chart, right? Maybe you have a toxic boss and you just want to get away from that situation. And while you are never going to badmouth or say anything negative about your current employer or the people you work with, 
there clearly is a way that you need to package those answers that is going to put the attention back onto you as to why you are actively looking and why you want this job. You need to do the self-work in terms of why is this job important to you? Why is making this move the right move for you professionally at this time? What are the skills or the talents or the expertise that you bring that is attractive to a new company because you want to go there and add value into that organization? There's nothing more frustrating from a hiring manager's perspective when you ask someone, why do they want the job? And they fumble on that answer. You should be very, very clear about your reasons for wanting this job. And they're your reasons. Don't answer them in a way that you think the hiring manager is going to want to hear. You have to answer it from a way that is very genuine and authentic to your specific reasons why. There have been times in my career where I have taken a lateral. And I took a lateral in this one particular case because I was not liking the situation that I was in. I was anticipating a reorganization and I wasn't sure how I was going to land. Going into that interview, I never said those things. I also didn't lie. Remember, we never want to lie in an interview. But what I said was when they said to me, why do you want the job? And I said, I'm looking to gain experience in an organization such as yours because I've never had that before in my career. And I know that given my background and my talents and expertise, there are ways that you can leverage that. And it's a great opportunity for me to stretch and grow into a new role and see the different side of this industry. And they like that answer. That was something that came back to me and said, we were very pleased to say that you were looking to level up or you were looking to expand your skill set and your knowledge. I wasn't going to tell them, hey, I think there's a reorg coming and I'm not sure where I'm going to land. So do you want to hire me? We still have to do the self-work, but be very, very clear about why you want the job and answer that very competently and confidently. Tip number eight is all about watching your time. As a general rule, I coach my clients on any answer that they initially give whether it be a technical question or a behavioral question, that their answer needs to be no more than two minutes long for their first response. The reason I coach them on that is that there needs to be a give and take in the interview. It needs to be conversational. If we talk for more than two minutes in response to one particular question, we run the risk of losing the interest of the interviewer or the interviewers that are are on that panel. Now, the only time that I will vary or recommend varying the time structure in response to that answer is to the tell me about yourself question that typically kicks off an interview. I'd like that answer to be somewhere between 45 seconds to a minute. 
And we will talk more about that when I get to that a little bit later on in my tips. But be cognizant of your time. If you feel like you're talking too much, you are. You want to allow time for dialogue, for conversation, for follow-up questions if they are allowed. Now, the only exception to this rule, and I have had clients recently share this with me, and we've done some very fascinating coaching around how they're going to show up for these kind of interviews, is that they are told they have 30 minutes for the interview. They are given the questions at the start of the interview, and they are basically timed to talk that entire 30 minutes because the panel will not ask them any follow-up questions. So it is their job to get all of their thoughts together to answer those questions in the scope of the interview. That is a unique interview in the sense that uh, to me so far, it has been very industry-specific. But you want to make sure that you are monitoring your time whenever you are answering a question. Now, tip number seven is a great tip to help you answer any kind of behavioral question in particular, and that is by using the STAR method. Now, the STAR method is a fantastic protocol that comes from DDI that stands for Situation Task Action Result. What I love about the STAR method is that it's a very neat and clean way of telling your story in response to one of those questions that might begin with, tell me about a time when. So let's say, for example, you're given a question about, tell me, a t- tell me about a time when you had to deal with a difficult client who wasn't satisfied with how the project was progressing. What did you do to manage that client relationship? The first part of your answer is going to be related to the situation and the task. Give some context or background around that story that is going to give the interviewer enough context about what it is you're going to talk about. Then describe the action. What were the things you did relative to the situation and task that you were charged with or you initiated? And then finally, share the results. What were things that happened based on your actions? What did you learn? What did you improve? What would you do differently next time? The STAR method is a great way to formulate your response with a very clear beginning, middle, and end. Whenever we tell our story, we want to be able to put that bow on the package that whoever is listening is going to be very clear about the situation we described and what we were able to do with it. A lot of times when I'm working with clients or people are are working with me for interview prep or interview coaching, they're not really familiar with the STAR method. So we spend time getting really clear about what was the situation or task, what were the actions they took, what were their results, but then finding a way to weave that into a story that they can tell in around two minutes. Again, we don't want to talk too much that we're not allowing for follow-up or discussion, but always make sure that you are giving enough context to the story 
in order so the interviewer is very clear about what you did. And then if they have any follow-up questions, they know where to go based on how you told that story. All right, my last tip in this episode is tip number six, and it's all about being great at the virtual interview. Virtual interviews, whether they are one-way or two-way, you must be great at them. By that, I mean this. You need to be framed accordingly on screen with your eyes in the top third of the frame. I need to make sure that you have a camera that is clear and a microphone in which the audio is of good quality. Most smartphones and tablets and and current uh, desktops or laptops have that capability already built in, but you also need to test it. Do not wing it going into a virtual interview with somebody whom you are really excited to talk to only to find out that your microphone craps out or your camera's dirty or it's it's fuzzy or foggy. It's just not going to make you look well. Aesthetics in the virtual interview matter. Obviously, you want to be dressed appropriately and accordingly, but you also want your backdrop to be professional. If you see any videos that I do online, I have a very simple backdrop in my office with a few things that showcase who I am. I'm a business owner. I'm a coach, right? I mean, these are things that tell people a little bit more about me. As a job seeker, you might have a nice picture behind you. You might have a colorful wall behind you. Um, You might have a bookshelf and there might be some books or some knickknacks or things that are on there. You want to avoid clutter. You want to avoid dirt. If anything, a clean background, such as an empty wall that might be in your dining or living room, is more than fine. You are the star in the virtual interview. Don't let anything in the background cause a distraction or pull the interviewer's attention away from focusing solely on you. Make sure your internet connection is good. Make sure that you have a fully charged battery or device. The last thing you want to do is have to plug in in the middle of it. Yes, technology things may happen. They may go wonky. You, You may have a power surge and all of a sudden you get cut off. I'm not talking about those things per se. I'm talking about the things that you as the candidate have control over. So be mindful of that. People have been virtually interviewing for a while. It has certainly been um, elevated and accelerated because of the pandemic. And with that, some people show up really, really good on video and others don't. So take the time to test and practice prior to the virtual interview. If you're someone who's always on Zoom and come to find out that the meeting is on Microsoft Teams, test that out with somebody before you actually get to the interview. Take all of the unknowns away instead of just going into it and being like, all right, I'm going to wing it. Those, Those are important things and those things matter. 
years ago, we used to talk about all the nuances when you were going into the office and meeting somebody in person and how you shook their hand and how you looked them in the eye and whether or not you accepted the bottle of water from them or not, how you sat in the chair, whether or not you opened your notepad up or not, um, what you did with your cell phone, all of these things we would talk about. And on some level, they are still important in this entire process. But if you are not showing up well on the virtual interview, both from an aesthetic standpoint, as well as from how you are presenting yourself, you are going to be at a huge disadvantage from any other candidate in that pool. And with competition as tough as it is as it is right now, and with more and more people competing for jobs, you need to be at your best. So as I recap, here were tips numbers 10 through 6 about what we talked about today. Tip number 10, match your energy at or below that of the interview. Number 9, do the work to be clear about why you want the job. Number 8, watch your time. Number 7, utilize the STAR method to answer any behavioral or technical question. And number 6, lastly, was be great at the virtual interview. Now, if you have any questions about any of these tips, there's a few things you can do. So one is email me at john at johnnarrell.com. I would love to hear any, any thoughts or questions that you have around these tips. I also want to invite you to join my private Facebook group. It is called Your Mid-Career GPS. You can find that on Facebook and join a wonderful community of people who are job-seeking just like yourself, who are at various stages in creating their mid-career GPS. And come into that group. We share a lot of information in that group. And, um, and we also have some, some laughs and some good times in there as well. So come on in and join that community. And lastly, go to my website at johnnarrell.com and check out my new download. It is called the 55-Minute Career Jumpstart. You'll be amazed at what you can do in 55 minutes. And in, in less than an hour, I'm going to guide you through four very um, key things, but uh, things that are going to give you a quick ROI on those actions within those 55 minutes. Everything from how you prepare, position, and promote yourself and how you are showing up in creating your mid-career GPS. So visit johnnarrell.com to go ahead and download that free guide. All right. I hope today was helpful for you. Come back next week because I'm going to walk you through tips numbers five through one, and you are not going to want to miss those. So until next time, make it a great day. And remember, whether you're going for an interview or you're just navigating your career, how you show up matters. Make it a great rest of the day. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to miss an episode, follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. And I'd appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review. Visit johnnarrell.com to download your free copy of the 55-Minute Career Transition Jumpstart to help you start building your mid-career GPS. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on social at John Narrell Coaching. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.